Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Reaction Monday, presented by Shoppers John Deere on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. As big a play as you'll have all season. Fourth and one at the Houston 15. Minshew in the gun. Minshew to throw. Minshew swings it out to the yes. back left side. It's incomplete. And the Texans take over on downs with 103 to go in the fourth quarter. What a stop. Colts can't complete it. Texans have it. Man, love you guys, man. Man, proud of the determination, man. You talk about determination, mm. pure grit. Mm. Everybody fight to their last play. Yeah. That's what it's about, man. And we punched our ticket. Hey, now everything starts, right? Everybody 0-0 right now. All we want is opportunity. Opportunity, and we got our op. Now, what do we do with that op? Right? We go take advantage of the op again. No doubt about it. Love you guys, man. Love the work. This is a huge accomplishment, man. First time this organization's been to the playoffs since, I think, 2019. All right. Again, nobody matter. It doesn't matter what people say on the outside about the men in this yes, room. Sir. Continue to believe right. in each other. Continue to fight every single snap. We got special people in this room. This is a special group of men. Believe it. Continue to lean on each other. Continue to trust in each other. We can go as far as we want to go. Texas. South champs, seventh time in franchise history. The Texans are champions of the AFC South. They clinched a playoff spot with that fourth down stop that you heard earlier on Saturday night. And then the Tennessee Titans did the rest of the dirty work on Sunday, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars, Seth Payne. That was beautiful. Beautiful the, weekend. The best, uh, the, the best part of just a lot of this season and just that win especially is – D'Amico himself and his relationship with the players, but just I think the the feel that he brought everybody. I, the, I don't know if you saw the clip of him in the tunnel afterwards where he was in um, he had kind of a quiet moment. Yeah. Where he just kind of put his head, that was put his so head down cool, and you could man. just see everything kind of hitting him. I yeah. credit ESPN for giving that. That was like as they were segueing into their Scott Van Pelt show. Uh, that was really, really cool. And like, it, it's kind of funny. I think there are a lot of teams and fan bases that might hear – uh, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2019 and feel like, oh, is that is that so awful? No, dude, like the, dude. <clears throat> there's there's the the Bill O'Brien era. It just there was just never a connection. You know, there was always they the Texans did studies on this. that showed that the city just the city looked at Bill O'Brien like he was a, a, a an organ transplant. They were trying to reject. Yes, it just it, it never felt right. And there's so much about D'Amico that just feels so right. He's just, the, aside from being a really good football coach, 
the fit couldn't be any better. The the feeling that we had Saturday night, and then again yesterday when uh, Tennessee beat Jacksonville, for me at least, Seth, that wasn't a since 2019 thing. As you point out, that was a since 2012 thing for me. Yeah. You know, like this, what we felt, this isn't about winning the division and getting to the playoffs in total. It's not, I mean, it is about that from a football standpoint, but so much of it, especially because the last three years, especially, so much of it is about reconnecting the emotional attachment to the team, the enthusiasm about the future of the team. Hell, just at, a, at its plain, most simple assessment, the likability of the team. There's, yeah. there's not a single guy that's not likable that we were watching and rooting for on, on Saturday night. You know? It's now just, I get, <laughs> now you're just, okay, I don't want to go down this road. I gotta, now I'm going to power rank the least likable yeah, guys on that. the you team. Yeah, don't do that. You know what I mean. I, I'm being hyperbolic. <laughs> Let I mean, me tell you there's something, There's probably two Sean. jerks on the team. <laughs> <laughs> they do a good job of hiding them. Yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this: none of them are the fr- none of them are the front facing guys. I'll tell yeah. you that. Um, so, so there's that. Um, the game on on Saturday came down to. I mean, it was it was a back and forth. It looked like the Texans were going to take control of that game late in the second quarter. They went up 14-3. They were going to get the ball to come out to start the half. They got a little sloppy at the end of the half and gave up a field goal. And then Indianapolis came out of the locker room at halftime and took it to them. The most important drive of the season was the one where they took the lead, 17-17, they took the lead on the touchdown. We're going to play highlights from that in just a second, but here is C.J. Stroud on on that particular drive. Yeah, um, I told him before we went out there, this is the most important drive of the year. Um, and the look that I got back from my teammates, man, it was like, man, let's ride. Like, it was like, let's do this thing. Um, it was no nobody holding their hat down on a previous play or anything like that. It was just like, man, let's go win this game. Let's do it. And every play, like, even we moved backwards, I think, what, two or three times. Like, we had two penalties, three penalties, (laughs) and we still, like, persevered through that. And I just think that's a testimony to the work we put in, the type of guys that we we brought into the system, our coaching staff, how they called a great game. Um, Just just a multitude of of an organization just putting it together. And I'm just blessed enough to be a part of it. The, and then I pulled uh, Larry Tunzel aside and said, really, really, don't, please, no false starts on this drive. <laughs> yeah, no Just, kidding. Can we, can we do that? Short can we hold our water for a little bit? drives in the first half. What, what was that? <laughs> All right, let's get, to, let's get to some of the important key plays on this drive because this was the most important drive of the season. Um, C.J. Stroud got sacked on first and 10 from the Houston 38. So they were backed up early in this drive. They got a first down right out of the chute, but then they get sacked. The blitz off the edge by Harrison, number 48, that DB Came untouched off the edge, sacked CJ. So now it's second oh, and 20. Which, which, by the way, though, honestly, that might have been the most underrated play of the game. CJ hearing the footsteps and going, going down. down. Yeah. Because that could have been. That could have been another concussion easily. And he just like I was I've never been happier to watch my quarterback willingly go down it's than a right great, there. It's a great observation. Absolutely. I, I, I was thinking the same thing. Um, so it's second and 20 now. So now you're backed up. And in a game where you've been struggling to move the football, other than throwing it to Nico Collins, this was I, this to me, Seth, might have been the most underrated, like play that's not going to wind up on Sports Center kind of thing. Yeah. But this Dalton Schultz seventeen-yard catch and run on second and twenty was huge. Second and twenty from the Houston twenty-eight. Stroud in the gun, one back Singletary. CJ to throw. CJ launches it right side and hits Schultz. Breaks a tackle. Forty up the right sideline. Breaks more tackles. Spinning nice. and takes it across the forty-four to the forty-five-yard line, bringing up third and three and a half. What a run by Schultz after the catch. That was that, the yak yeah. was huge on that. It was that was a very very big broken tackle. As Aikman pointed out on the broadcast as well, that missed tackle right there was that, that Schultz forced. You could see 
man, you could see Schultz is in his eyes, his focus and concentration there. And it was fun to watch too, because early in the game, the, the, those Colts defenders were yapping a lot. Like, yep, 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 yep. Every time anybody caught a ball. And on that final drive, I just felt like, oh, all right, let's see, let's see who the boys are and who the men are. Yep. Because like when it really came down to it, Nico Collins and Dalton, I mean, Nico Collins especially, but Dalton Schultz and a lot of the rest of those guys, they kind of bullied the Colts on the run after the catch. It wasn't just breaking tackles. They were lowering shoulders and knocking fools backwards, Nico especially. Yep. Like, they were out for blood on that. That was really – that entire drive and really the – like, every time they had the opportunity to. Yep, they were, they were trucking him for sure. Um, and, and Schultz was huge all around on that drive. That was the biggest play. Schultz only had five catches for 46 yards. But yeah. four of them were on that drive. You know, he he set up that third and three. You know who converted the first down? Dalton Schultz. Caught a nice little five-yard, just settled into a, a dead spot there. Moves the chains, and they keep things going. Um, so the next one was on a second and 14. So now the Texans are at about midfield. They're at their own 46-yard line. And it's second and 14. There had been a penalty that gave them a first and 20. It was a holding penalty on Andrew Beck, the fullback. Yeah. Um, set up a first and 20. They get to second and 14. And CJ is getting chased out of the pocket and throws what looks like just a, a, like kind of a, I, a throwaway to live another I, day. I thought he was still in in the tackle box. Was it he? would have been an intentional grounding. It could have been, I think. Yeah. At least that's how I that's how I felt it at the time. I was like, is he still in the tackle box? Yeah. This is gonna because he spun he he you know ran around, but the question was whether he would have still been where geographically the tackles had started. Yeah, at least at risk for it, yeah. right? You know, so yeah. he throws it to a spot just to get rid of it. And in swoops Nico Collins like a superhero. Stroud, shotgun on second and 14. CJ stepping up. CJ dancing around. There's a lot of pressure. CJ flings it downfield to his right. And Nico Collins runs over there to make the catch inside the 40-yard line. First down, Texans. What a miraculous play at Indy. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that play. We asked Nico Collins about it in the postgame show. Uh, Clint and I did. We had Nico on the postgame show on Saturday night. Uh, we asked him about that play. Here's what he said. I feel like it was going to just scramble drill. You know, uh, I seen him in that pocket to threw it up. You know, I was kind of – I seen him at one point, and then I just seen the ball in the air. And I feel like, oh, he had a little hang time. I could go get that. You know, I was like, ah, strain, got it, though, for it. You know, got it, move the sticks for the team. <laughs> it really – honestly, so he, he dropped straight back. Even though he spun around a few times, he had received the snap at the hash, and he was on that same hash – just 10 yards back when he threw it. That's yeah. how that's how far the ball went. And then especially if you could measure like the actual like yards in the air both vertically and horizontally the arc on that thing. I thought it was going to be grounding cuz I thought he was just trying to throw it way out of bounds, but that it was going to land short. And then Nico yeah, Nico comes out. It was so perfectly placed. Like if you're going to throw a football where you hope that your guy gets to it, but it's it can't be an interception or it goes out of bounds. Except that with that arc like an Ephus pitch. He Ephus pitched it, Sean. Yeah. It was incredible. It, it was, dude, it was, it was remarkable. Okay, so fast forward. Now the Texans are they're driving a little bit. They've got it down to the Indianapolis 30. It's second and 13 because Devin Singletary got stopped in the backfield on first down. So now they're behind the chains again. They've converted out of second and 20. They've converted out of a second and 14. Now they've got second and 13. This, in a, in a season where C.J. Stroud has – like a a mountain of highlight throws. This is right there with the best C.J. Stroud throws of the year. Second down and 13 at the Indianapolis 30-yard line. 
CJ under center, drops back to pass. Here's pressure. Stratus to rush it downfield. Hits Nico inside the 10, brought down there, and a flag is down. Going to be a face mask on the back end of this to give it half a distance to the goal. Baker with it, it yep. appears. What a throw. That was a laser with the heat on Stroud to Nico Collins to set up a first and goal. Dude, it was... Oh, man. And, and honestly, too, Sean, that throw for one. Are you Nico looking at getting, it? You're looking at it right yeah. now. Yeah. Nico was getting hit. I just wanted to confirm what I thought at the time, which was that he also, CJ, or sorry, CJ was getting hit. Yeah. But then CJ also had the wherewithal to, to realize that the safety was just enough out of position and taking the wrong angle. I mean, if that, if that safety had judged it right, I, I think the safety thought Nico was going to sit down on it or something, um, and he didn't. It was just – it was beautiful. It was really – that man, what a play. Wow. Yeah, he's – it was incredible. That was a big boy throw, man, no doubt about it. And that led to – eventually led to this. Hutchinson to the right side. Singletary in the backfield. Stroud under center. First and goal at the three. Texans try for the go-ahead touchdown. Motor with the handoff. Motor to the right. Motor to the goal line and in. And the Texans are back in front. Singletary three-yard TD run. What Singletary did a great job of on this play was one that initially looked like, oh, wow, that was super easy. Was, okay, once he dodged the uh, the the tight end who'd gotten driven three yards into the backfield then yeah he found a really nice lane but it really wasn't easy at all um other than it was it was good blocking by everybody else it was just but he had to squeeze through a pretty tight hole there in the backfield before he found that lane yep yep so that put the Texans up 23-17 I haven't heard the uh the highlight yet of uh the missed PAT by Fairbairn let's I just want to throw that in here let's let's hear Fairbairn's extra point. This is big. Left hash mark, 33 yards away. Uprights facing downtown. The kick is up, and it's no good. He missed the extra point. Wide left. That's his first PAT miss of the season. It happened. <laughs> That's when I thought, like, all right, the gods are going to find a way to screw us in this game. 11 uh, penalties, most of which were decent calls. The Texans I, were sloppy. But that missed PAT set, that, that stuck out there like a meatball for the rest of the game. I, I, you know, it was one of those things where at the same time you've got Jonathan Taylor having gone not just in the medical tent, but to the locker room, right? Correct. Yeah, he went yeah. to the locker room. Yeah. To the locker room. The rumor was that he had an Achilles issue or a heel issue, and he wasn't going to come back. And then he comes back out, and, you know, the, the Aikman's talking about how he was psyching himself up on the sideline and everything. And I thought, man, this is either going to be epic by Jonathan Taylor, or it could be like this is a moment where Steichen should have – should have told Jonathan Taylor to go ahead and know you're, we're going to shut you down. Uh, because I felt like the Texans defense did a great job of just, they flat out stuffed him. The, 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 other than the one conversion he had there, um, they stuffed him for most of that series. And I, the, the, the defense came up big on that last drive. They, def they definitely did. Yeah, down the stretch, they did what they needed to do for sure. All right, let's acknowledge. We're going to acknowledge at least one player on the Texans defense. We're going to acknowledge the people you think we're acknowledging. We do it every Monday 725, acknowledge me. We acknowledge the big performances from the weekend next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Reaction Monday, presented by Shoppers John Deere on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. All right, a couple, couple quick news items, and then we'll get to uh, acknowledging people here and acknowledge me. Um, Ron Rivera fired in Washington. No big surprise there. He's gone. New head coach will be on the way for the Commanders. Um, and the Carolina Panthers have fired the general manager who traded DJ Moore and a ton of draft capital for Bryce Young. Scott Fitterer, the general manager in Carolina, is is gone. So David Tepper continues to clean house in uh, in Carolina. Um, we'll keep an eye on things. I would imagine there will be some more firings going on in the NFL. That's what happens the Monday after the season. The Belichick thing might take a little longer to play out just because it's – it's that's a little more nuanced, Seth, than just firing Ron Rivera or firing Scott yeah. Fitter, it feels like. Well, there's um and now, you know, more and more it seems like trading of coaches is coming back into vogue. So the question is, all right, would Bob Kraft if Bob Kraft were to trade um Bill Belichick, I, I would imagine they'll do it in a way that you know, is amenable to to Bill Belichick. I don't think oh, Bob yeah. Kraft's going to sit and like be like, you know, hold him hostage or anything like that. Yep. Now, Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel might get traded, who knows. There was all kinds of reporting and then counter reports about Mike Vrabel and what his immediate future is. Just even in terms of uh, of, of meeting with the ownership after the season and all of that. I think he should get a big bonus, Mike Vrabel. That was a huge win yesterday for the Titans. And by huge, Can the Texans I mean, give him a bonus? Does that violate <laughs> any kind of league basket, rules or anything? Something, yeah. Like a Send him an Oilers jersey, maybe? I don't know. Sure, a new Cowboy hat, a Chili's gift card, whatever it takes. Absolutely. Yeah, the Cowboy hat. <laughs> we'll send him a Bum Phillips hat. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right, let's acknowledge. We've got some big performances from the weekend. Acknowledge me! Hang on, i got to say who it is first, Chris. Yeah, okay, let's start with... Nico Collins. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge Nico Collins. Nine catches on nine targets for 195 yards and a touchdown. And we got it started quickly on Saturday night. First down from the Houston 25-yard line. Devin Singletary in the backfield. CJ under center with Nico Collins to the wide side left. And Schultz in motion to that side. CJ calls him out. CJ will throw on the first play for the Texans. Steps up. Fires deep down the field and caught by Nico Collins at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Houston. 
75 yards on the opening play. Hello, Indy. Unreal. What a throw. What a catch. What a start to this game. Yeah, I had a little hanging time, too, man. Um, it was just one of those plays we, we knew first play uh, was an entire week, man. Um, even even yesterday, doing walkthrough, man. You know, defense gave us, gave us the look we wanted. Um, Seven trusted me. I trusted him, man. The ball going to be there. And that's what we did. You know, just he told me just run. That's what I did. Got it. Made a play for the squad. <laughs> I love Nico. Um, Seven took a wallop, too, on that play. He got hit hard. Stroud. Yeah, yeah, he did. He had a few nice throws in this game where he he got, took a hit as he was giving them, um, or as he was getting hit. Uh, he, I, I thought that for one, you know, Aikman said that the safety had to jump that underneath route, and I don't know exactly what Aikman was talking about. He definitely didn't have to, but I did take it as a sign of disrespect that they felt they could just let their young cornerbacks handle Nico Collins one on one. Safety just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, 12, no big deal. Uh, and uh, the Texans, uh, in a way, Bobby Slowick did what all great empires do, Sean. They saw, they saw something uh, uh, an enemy had done previously, and then they stole it and made their own. So they saw that the Texans had been victimized first by the Browns with a first play of the game deep shot, and then they were almost victimized by the Titans with that shot to Traylon Burks, where Traylon Burks could have easily hauled it in and had a touchdown on the first play from scrimmage. What do the Texans do? Ah, maybe we'll try that. Let's yeah. just do that. Gave them the look they wanted. Not a bad idea at all. Threw it over the top. Several people pointing out on the text page that Nico actually had nine catches on eight targets. <laughs> because of the, the Stroud oh, throwaway, was it like it counts, it was, uh, as, I, it counts as a that target was calculated. in the box court? That was calculated though, because that was part of the scramble drill. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, like I, I I fully call that a target. Yeah, yeah, I know the joke, but yeah. All right, speaking of Stroud, uh, CJ Stroud, twenty of twenty six, two hundred sixty four yards, two touchdowns. Acknowledge, acknowledge CJ Stroud for sure. He was. Man, he was great. He had an 88 QBR, the QB rating, not passer rating. We're talking about the 0 through 100 rating that ESPN does. 88 is pretty damn good. Here was D'Amico Ryans on his rookie quarterback's performance on Saturday. Yeah, CJ, he doesn't surprise me. Right? He's, we've talked about it earlier in the week with, you know, with CJ just being special in these big-time moments when we needed most to step up and make plays. He's done it time after time throughout the entire year. So I don't think... It's not surprising to anyone. That's who he is. Right? He's a one of the best passers in his league, and he shows it consistently game in and game out. He's going seven for seven on that go-ahead score. Oh, the drive, with, yeah. yeah. Yeah, on that drive. And all, all of the plays that went into it, both from the receivers and um, the running back, backs, but also just uh, CJ himself just being scrappy as hell. That was a that was a gritty, gritty, gritty drive. That might be the grittiest drive that I've ever seen. Uh, there were just so many moments in there where they were they just were physically dominating the Colts at times with the run after the catch, um, or CJ was just making the absolute best out of a bad situation in the in the offensive backfield. Uh, in Devin Singletary on that final touchdown again the the blocking was not perfect on that and he made it look way easier than it than it could have been absolutely Let, let's flip over to the defensive side for the houston texans christian harris acknowledge me 12 tackles he had the only sack of the game for the texans tackle for loss his 12 tackles man like when he when christian harris arrives at the ball like you notice christian harris like it's yeah. okay that's 48 making the tackle um he's had a he's had a really good second half of the season i think I'm curious to get your thoughts on Harris in a second, Seth. Here was D'Amico Ryan's 
on the teams. And we should acknowledge, too. You know what? Another acknowledge for the entire defense. Acknowledge their me. performance on third down. One for 11 on third down. The Colts were. Here was D'Amico Ryans on their performance on third down. And he mentions Blake Cashman and Christian Harris. Yeah, defense stood up. The guys did a really outstanding job on third down. To hold a team to one conversion on third down, that's winning football. So when we needed to make plays, we made plays. Um, Christian and and uh, and Blake, they both made a lot of tackles, ran around sideline to sideline, made a lot of plays. Uh, it's just overall, right, everybody. In the passing game, our secondary did a really good job, right, at keeping the ball in front of them. Just overall, the guys, they gritted it, they <laughs> they grinded it out, right? It wasn't our best performance in the running game, right? We let a few get loose there. Tackling wasn't great. But when we needed to make a play there on fourth and one, right, to come up with a play, a stop for the game there, it was huge. Yeah, the, the Colts did a really good job of putting the linebackers in a blender on those RPOs. And they're they're very effective with the RPOs. They don't. It's not like the you know the, the the quarterback can run obviously, but it's more the bind that they put those linebackers in between having to cover a, t- a tight end or recognize that it's run and come up and, and tackle Jonathan Taylor. And I think that the shift the Texans made strategically and philosophically after the first quarter was they realized, all right, we've we've got to we've got to take care of this intermediate and short-range passing game and maybe we suffer a little bit by Jonathan Taylor's hands um they would have been it it would have been nice if they could have tackled better than they did but they were kind of caught in a tough bind with some tough decision making the entire game the difference is that as many bad snaps as the linebackers had against the RPO and in the run game the sum total of it on the balance sheet was that they came up and made some really key big plays uh in the Texans favor as well that was that was the that was the diciest part of the game was in that second half when Jonathan Taylor just looked like he could do what, what he wanted at will, and yet it only resulted in 17 points for yeah, the Colts. Yeah, yeah, they only had one touchdown the whole game. It was that long run by yeah. Jonathan Taylor. That was it. That was our only touchdown. Um, this may be kind of mean, but it was a huge play in the game. Tyler Goodson. Acknowledge I'm going to acknowledge you for dropping that ball on fourth and one. Good job, kid. Here was the, here was the play. As big a play as you'll have all season. Fourth and one at the Houston 15. Minshew in the gun. Minshew to throw. Minshew swings it out to the back left side. It's incomplete. And the Texans take over on downs with 103 to go in the fourth quarter. What a stop. Colts can't complete it. Texans have it. You know whose bacon he saved by dropping that ball, Tyler Goodson? Who, by the way, had not caught a ball all day. He caught six balls all season long. Uh, Kaimi Fairburn. This was probably the oh, most yeah. relieved Houston Texan that that ball got dropped on fourth and one. Yeah, <laughs> he missed the PAT. That was uh, boy. These, uh, yeah, you never, you can never figure out exactly what goes through a kicker's brain because <laughs> he can be. It's not like Kaimi Fairburn lacks the clutch gene or something. <laughs> uh, it's just sometimes just bad luck. I thought the, the snap and hold looked all right, right? Snap the, the the snap was a little high, but the the but. Johnston got the ball down. You know, the, he got it down. The, he got the laces out. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know just, if that was unless I, you know, I don't know that maybe Kaimi just as delayed the process had to delay the process a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, he just missed it. He just missed yeah. it. Let, let's do one more acknowledgement, tangential to the Texans, but this is a Tennessee Titan. Derrick Henry, acknowledge me. Nineteen carries, a buck fifty-three, a touchdown. He was the biggest reason that the Tennessee Titans were able to emerge victorious yesterday over the Jacksonville Jaguars and thusly 
hand the Texans a division crown and a home game on Saturday at 3.30 against the Cleveland Browns, Seth. A team that had held Derrick Henry to a combined 51 yards rushing in the last two games. 51 yards rushing is what Derrick Henry had over two games. Usually yep. that used that used to be a couple of carries for yes. him against the Texans. Um, he went and had his, his biggest output of the season with 153 yards rushing, 8.1 yards per carry. Uh, an astoundingly clutch performance for, by Derrick Henry in sealing his potential future team, the Texans, uh, their, their division victory. I'd Thank you, Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'd be for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, text message. I said earlier when we were going back through the game-winning drive that that Dalton Schultz 17-yard catch on second and 20 was kind of one of the more under-the-radar, not-on-sports-center plays in the game. The one on the defensive side of the ball that I tweeted yesterday is the same one that Texter says. Second biggest play of the game, Malik Collins knocking down that pass on third and nine that led to the 57-yard field goal miss to get the Texans yeah. off the field. That, you know what, Malik Collins, acknowledge Acknowledge him. me. Acknowledge Malik Collins for that. They were – they held the Colts to one for 11 on third down. Yeah, that, that was everything. It was astoundingly effective. All the lopsided stats there were in this game, where the bo- there are so many different box score items where you might look at just that item and be like, well, clearly the Colts won that game. Totally. Or clearly the Texans won that game. Yep. The one for 11 on third downs is the big one, you know, that you just, it's really, really tough to overcome that. Texans, they, they came up in the clutch moments when they had to, despite all of the yardage given up in the run game. And Gardner Minshew did only have 133 yards passing. It's not like like they were just having their way with the Texans' defense. Nope. Um, All right, so the Texans are your division champs. With the the division championship comes some scheduling gifts for next year. Um, Boy, this 2024 is going to be fun on the schedule. We will get to that, and we'll kind of close things out here. How did some of the Texans do as well looking for hardware and awards on Saturday in their final statement to try to win some hardware. We'll get to that in the next segment as well. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Reaction Monday, presented by Shoppers John Deere on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, here's Payne and Pendergast. Hey, real quick, Chris, get the hotkey ready again. Sean, don't forget to acknowledge DeAndre Hopkins for catching the game-winning touchdown for the Texans to win the division. We need to acknowledge we'll acknowledge D-Hop making plays. It's it's nice to see D-Hop making plays for the Texans again, Seth. That was cool it was, to yeah. see yesterday. Yeah. The clutch moments. It was a good uh, combo effort. I might have to I might have to relent a little bit on some of my Tennessee hate uh, for for at least a couple months. Like a week maybe. Yeah. Yeah. A week you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I said uh Jesse Watt from Morning Mix was asking me that her husband Tyler Used to work for the Texans. He's a big football guy, and he said he he had he had asked. So, does the Titans win over the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday absolve them for all the Oiler Gaga from a few weeks ago? And I said, no, no. It's like like getting a fruit basket from your ex or something like that. Like, yeah, that's a nice gesture, but that yeah. doesn't eliminate all the cheating through the years and no, things like that. No, that was. I saw. I told you. I saw Taylor Lewan hugging Mike Vrabel before the game, and he was wearing a Houston Oilers jacket. 
Yeah. So I didn't, uh, I didn't like, I didn't cotton to that one bit. Yeah, it only absolves Dad them. If, it. it only absolves them if they stop doing it moving forward. If they just do it again, then we're not absolving them. For, then it's just permission to keep doing it. Is all it is. So no, 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 no. The hate is still there, but we thank them for their their win yesterday. I, one other quick acknowledge too, Mike Tomlin. Acknowledge me. The Steelers are ten and seven, and they're in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, the, his the his hell? stretch of competitive football teams that now Ben Roethlisberger proof is pretty astounding. Yes. And uh, it's just, man, it's, it's <laughs> to invoke a very, very, uh, one of Bill O'Brien's very most favorite sayings. Uh, it's hard to win in the NFL. And, and he does it despite many, many obstacles throwing it, thrown his way, including frankly, the last couple of years of Ben Roethlisberger, right. where Roethlisberger was more of a detriment than an asset. So, uh, it's just like every other team in the NFL at some point. Gosh, you wonder what could what could this guy do with a quarterback? Might be pretty special. Yep, yep. So good job, good job by Mike Tomlin. So one of the things that kind of you know flies under the radar a little bit, especially when you win a division over the weekend, is the fact that now you know who your opponents are going to be for next season. You know who they are going to be in perpetuity. Fourteen of the seventeen because it just rotates every year. You know, with divisions that you play, you play your. The three teams in your division, you play them twice each uh, each season. But there's three variable games each year that are lined up with teams that finished in the same spot as you in their division. So the Texans won the AFC South. That's a whole lot of fun. Going to get a home playoff game out of it, maybe a win, maybe get to the divisional round. Who knows how far this team can go. But you are going to now in those three variable games, whereas in previous seasons – for example, this season, the Texans were last in the AFC South last year. So the three variable games were the Jets, the Broncos, and the Cardinals. Three games that you know, two of the Texans won and another one, the Jets, that they probably, you know, they'd be favored if they played them again. Um, the three variable games that the Texans pick up for next season, Seth, home for Baltimore, at Kansas City, at Dallas. The Texans might play on Thanksgiving Day next year. In Dallas, I could see that. That well, would be that'd be a lot of fun. Little Texans Man. and Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Last time they played on Thanksgiving Day was Detroit, right? Twenty twenty, uh, where Matt Schaub broke a record for back-to-back uh, passing production. He'd thrown for over four hundred yards twice in a two weeks in a row, right? He he, he did, but they played yeah. it. They played in Detroit in twenty twenty as well on on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, okay. The COVID right. year. It was the COVID year they played. JJ had a pick I don't six. count that. That doesn't count. Okay, twenty so, uh, uh, yeah. twenty. Yeah. The the Chiefs are the one where, okay, all right, I guess, uh, let's see. The Chiefs offensively scored 39 touchdowns this year. How many is that, Seth? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's one less than the Texans' 40 touchdowns. Yeah. That's the, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm more worried about the Chiefs' defense at this point than that paltry, grumpy little, um, overgrown adolescent Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Yeah, yes. I just think, like, I'm, now that you have a team that's equipped to deal with good teams like this, I'm not saying beat them necessarily, but, like, you know, you, I feel like with an offseason, another draft, and some free agency signings, like, these are marquee games. You know, and you're hosting the Ravens at Kansas City, at Dallas. The home schedule next year is fun. D- Detroit's coming to the to NRG Stadium next year. Chicago's coming to NRG Stadium. Buffalo and Miami are coming to NRG Stadium next year. Oh, Buffalo. Buffalo and Man, Miami. Man, they travel. They, yeah. they took over the damn – okay, that's Not it. happening that's, next that, year. That, yeah, it's got to be – it's got to get – it's got to get – there are a lot of Buffalo fans at that Miami game yeah. yesterday. Uh, the It's got to it's gotta get white-hot intensity between now – 
and next season to the point where people yeah are, are actively bullying their coworkers and family who might try to sell to a Buffalo fan. Yeah, they, were, they took over. They took over Midtown, Sean. Last year, before the playoff game, when they were down here in 2019, Did they really? They down? No, they had like a whole block shut down. The police went along with it. The damn police helped them block the block it off. Bastards. Our own cops. Bastards. <laughs> I've 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 defended you, police. Now you now you pay me back. That's damn right. It. That's right. Um. So that'll be um. So that's next year. That we got a nice home schedule. Those three games you pick up. Um. Seth, as far as uh <clears throat> with the regular season over. How are we feeling on the uh, the various honors that Texans are up for here? Stock up, stock down after Saturday for these awards. I think I think C.J. Stroud effectively extinguished the whole Puka Nakua mania on Saturday. Yes, that was big. That Puka Nakua, who broke a record this weekend, also though uh, like did not. A, he's not a quarterback. Um, B, it's not it's not the same feel good story in terms of the franchise. Sure, the the Rams are better than you know the Rams have made a, a marked improvement. And yet they are just too recently Super Bowl champions for it to feel like anything that could supplant C.J. Stroud. I think we're fine. I think C.J. got so much love uh, both during the broadcast and afterwards and was so clutch on that go-ahead scoring drive that uh, I think there's there's just no, no possible way he's not the rookie of the year. Um, did Will? I don't know that Will Anderson – really did enough to kind of affect the defensive rookie of the year race on Saturday. Yeah, I, you know, they had – the Texans as a team only had one sack in that game. I thought the pass rush was really critical to, to holding the Colts to one for 11 on third down. But him being banged up, and especially, yeah, him being banged up in that game – might have might have hurt him more than it helped him to even have that game where people had really like they had seen his stats and seen that he'd had multiple two sack games coming down the stretch here. I guess the only question is just every, all the vibes around Philadelphia are so 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 bad right now that Jalen Carter, who's been the favorite, maybe when it, when the rubber meets the road and those voters are sitting there going down their ballot and they're looking at C.J. Stroud and thinking about the Texans, they might also look at the stats where Will Anderson has better stats than Jalen Carter, even in, which he should because he's an edge player as opposed to an interior defensive lineman. But still, I think that might nudge him over the edge. I think that's going to be neck and neck. When it goes, I don't know what the odds are. I think that's neck and neck with the actual voters and how their psychology Yeah, works. the voters might not match up to the odds makers on that one. I'm with you. Um, D'Amico Ryan. The Eagles are just a flaming disaster right now. They, you know, they are. Dude, they got worked by the Giants yesterday. They're a mess. Worked. They're a mess. You're absolutely. Tyrod Taylor. Terod Taylor worked the Eagles yesterday. Um, Texans legend, Terod Taylor. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year candidacy mm-hmm. had the stage to himself on Saturday. Um, the uh, Got a lot of run in that locker room speech afterwards. You know, stuff like that. Like, the, you know, kind of the touchy-feely stuff like that might yeah. be able to affect some, some journos that are voting on this thing. This is going to be the problem, though, Sean. And again, we'll go down to the psychology of the voters. Let's say there's 50 voters. I would say 49 of them a year ago were probably writing something about, and I don't know how many voters there are, but hypothetically, uh, 49 of them a year ago were writing about what an abomination and how awful and evil the uh, the Texans were. And they found it convenient to kind of virtue signal in various ways uh, because they could pile on the Texans and I'll look like a decent, virtuous person. Uh, 
they're not going to want to confront their own hypocrisy and mm-hmm. all of that. They won't do this consciously. This will just be the subconscious process that's going through their minds. And they'll, um, they'll, much, they'll much prefer to vote for Stefanski where they, they can say, well, we always knew that the, the pieces were in place and they just had to tie everything together. Yeah. You know what I like? I think Stefanski can go ahead and win that award and then D'Amico can beat him in a playoff game this weekend. That's how mm. I feel. You know, it's like Aaron, oh, Ju- yeah. like Aaron Judge winning the MVP, but then he gets up against the Astros and he goes er- like two for eight, you know, like two for thirty-one or a- something. Akeem beating Robinson, David Robinson, in the playoffs, yeah. You know? That's yeah. what they need to do. They need to announce the coach of the year this week and present Kevin Stefanski with the trophy at midfield at halftime. At halftime at NRG Stadium. Yeah. Was it at halftime or before the game? They it was did it before, before the game. game. It's before, yeah, the, before game. the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that actually. It's it's different with it's different with MVP and actual basketball players sure. than it was coaches because you know Domingo's just not wired that way I don't think but maybe his players are actually his players are that would be the cool thing if they could present it to Kevin Stefanski well, and then and all D'Amico's players see that and like these this uh, this this injustice shall not stand that's kind of what happened with Akeem I, I did a long form piece for the Houston Press a few years ago celebrating the I think it was the 20th anniversary of the second championship. That was the one where the, the you know, Hakeem just disemboweling David Robinson took place because that's yeah. the year Robinson won the MVP. And so I got to do a sit-down with Hakeem and ask him about it. And he was talking about how, like, Kenny Smith and Mario Elliott are coming over to him and gassing him up, like, oh, look at him, giving him that trophy <laughs> dream, like getting him all hyped up and stuff was like Akeem, that. Was Hakeem – well, I mean, because Robinson did deserve it. It wasn't uh, – oh, yeah, yeah, was, no, was there a feeling that it was an injustice or anything at the well, time? Or was it well, just... Dream had won it the year before. Yeah. I think yeah. Dream was generally thought of as the better player. Like, Robinson right, had right. the better season. Hakeem Olajuwon yeah. was the better player. The Rockets yeah. weren't good that year. They, I mean, yeah. by their standards, they were the sixth seed. They hadn't had a good season. Dream missed a bunch of games that year. It is like, but that's, I always look at that one as more of an example of, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of bogus that it is a regular season award. I feel like it just, you, I, I understand the thinking and the philosophy of it, but I feel like, ah, let's have fun in this life. Let's Absolutely. just go ahead and be sure that you can cement it in the postseason. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the, uh, what about Nick Casario? Executive of the year. I think he's, he might, he might have the second best chance behind CJ of getting some, some hardware. I haven't sat down and looked at oh, the years okay. that all the other GMs have had and whatnot. Thought, <laughs> Nick had a pretty good I, year. When you said uh, second best chance behind CJ on the show prep, for some reason I thought like I thought CJ was up for the GM of the year <laughs> award too for the Maybe. for the Tank Dell move. Yeah. Remember the way that remember the way it was framed. Yes. The actual story was this is how it actually happened. Everybody, it actually happened that. The Texans drafted CJ, and then they asked CJ about a few players, and then asked CJ if maybe he could find out, you know, who Tank Dell was hearing from, all that kind of stuff. It got the way it got spun was that that CJ told the Texans, "Now you go out and get me Tank Dell, damn it." <laughs> In which case, I like that a, one better. That's a fun story, yeah. even though it's inaccurate. Yeah, and then he would be up for C, uh, for executive executive of the, of the year. Yeah. We'll ask Nick tomorrow. Do you feel like CJ is going to threaten your candidacy for executive of the year? Nick joins us at 7.30 tomorrow, by the way. The odds, uh, yeah. Do they put odds out for the executive of the year? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen it. Well, not I on that email seen, yeah. that we get. Not, not on the email we get every week. Um, this is an interesting text. I hadn't realized this. Someone asks, are the Texans the only team to sweep their division on the road the last two seasons? I have no idea if they are, but that's a pretty remarkable stat that the Texans – the Texans are 6-0 and on the road in the division over the last two seasons. 
which is crazy considering one oh. of those two seasons they were picking second in the draft. That's right. Yeah, and they and they all and they really shouldn't have swept it. I don't. This is the other thing too that I do. I don't like. This is the, the dumbest thing to get annoyed by concerning that last game versus the Colts last year was just uh, like people just assume that the Texans would have drafted Bryce Young given the opportunity. Like they act like oh the Colts saved them where. You know, the, when you look back on it, there's probably at least a third of the league that actually already liked C.J. Stroud better than Bryce Young at any given point. And, it, like, it, it, at that moment, I just don't know. I don't know if it's that much of a slam dunk. The biggest thing to remember is that the Texans don't subscribe to that S2 service. Right. Well, the Panthers very much do. And I don't know if they would have judged – I don't know if they would have judged Bryce Young the same based on some of that stuff. Panthers fired their GM today, Scott Fitterer. So they've cleaned house. They fired their head coach, their GM, a bunch of the assistants earlier this year. Their GM is gone as of today. I was thinking this – set after the first touchdown of the game by the Texans, we're watching the game up here, Clint and Parker, a few other folks. My son was up here. And I'm looking around the room and going, can you imagine being a Carolina Panthers fan and sitting and watching this game right now? Like watching yeah. C.J. Stroud on the first play of the game. The first time the Texans have been on national TV all year. This is, uh, Without Sunday ticket, this is the first time you can sit down and watch the Texans in Charlotte. And the first play of the game, C.J. throws an absolute <laughs> dime for 75 yards. I just, every time I think of Dave Tepper... <laughs> Dave Tepper, the billionaire owner of the Panthers, who has meddled his way into just just destroying that organization. I think of I can't help but think of the scene in The Big Lebowski, where remember there's this there's this really rich guy, the Big Lebowski, the rich Lebowski kids, who um, is, it's a long story, but his wife has supposedly been kidnapped, and uh, they walk in and see that. This Lebowski character is distraught and broken, and he's sitting in front of the fireplace just besides himself with grief. And I, I like to think of Dave Tepper in that role. Yeah, yeah. Um, like where he, ultimately, the big Lebowski, the, the Lebowski had done that to himself by marrying a whore wife. And that's right. Dave Tepper married a whore football team, he, and it's his own fault. It's his yeah. own fault. He bought it for billions of dollars. Yeah. I, dude, I would just quit watching football if I was a Carolina fan. I would just quit football altogether. All right, Seth, we are done. We are out of time. Uh, Mark Vandermeer, John Harris are up next. Antibody to you and happy AFC South Championship Day. Antibodies to you and a happy national championship game to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You Michigan and Washington folks, welcome to town. All right, we're done. We're out of time. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, they start now. We'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m., everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.